Well, good morning. Wow, that's a hearty good morning. It's good to see you guys this morning. Glad you're here. Wow, it's hot outside, and you know, man, it's been a hot week. It's going to be another hot week, and um, so it's good to see you. Some of you haven't seen in a while, and you're here. It's so good to see you. And eat those donuts up out there. Now we got plenty of donuts on the table and hot coffee. So before you leave, make sure you grab one. Because we got stuff in there that makes you addicted to them. And once you eat it, you have to come back. So every Sunday you say, I got to have a donut. Anyway. <laughs> wow, you all brag on the Learning Center. We got a little bad press lately. And I just want to tell you that in our Learning Center this past week, five children gave their life to Christ. And I just want to brag on that. And that's a good thing, and I'm just appreciative of all the hard work that our director and our teachers are doing over there, and God's still working and using that center to reach kids. That's our vision. That was what we created that center for. Uh, we created that center. We thought that that would be a place where children and families could be introduced to Christ and be a bridge to our church. And to hear that news this week on a Friday, that was an awesome way to end the week. So, let's get started. Stay calm. Kids, soccer games, dance lessons, sports practices, work responsibilities, work-related meetings, church events, church volunteering, school events, work around the house stuff, which I don't like doing, but they have to be done. They can all become all-consuming. The calendar gets full in a hurry. Watch this. How did our passion for activities begin? It was the kids. What are you guys up to? Tennis. We had an hour to kill between Spanish and fencing. How about you? We're just hanging. I thought we'd sign up for a few things. Never too early to start. All right, buddy. Let's go kick some butt. Of course, we still have unstructured time. We would love to do a play date. How is August 16th? Do my husband and I still see each other? All the time. Even love you. We are so late. What's for dinner? I don't know. Check the freezer. How do I have the energy? I just do. Elle? Elle. What? We do this because our kids love it. Hey, Elle. It's not the activities they love. It's the Mott's applesauce you give them on the way. Oh, who's ready for some math enrichment? Me, me, me. Let's go, we're gonna be late. That's a relief. <laughs> New activity, being a kid. <laughs> okay, let me help you. Well, maybe what we do is just end the service. You guys go buy some Mott's applesauce and have at it. Just stay busy. Did she say butt in there? Because I said it last night and Gay kind of got on me a little bit because I happened to say butt in the service. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> that's, you know. <laughs> huh? I did because I didn't use it in the same context. And if you don't have something good to say, you... <laughs> anyway, you know, uh, some of the things on our calendar are important, right? Some of them are urgent, I get that, and uh, some of them, uh, uh, some of it's neither. But we will rush into all the done these ideas, none of these ideas, it's busyness, 
and we often embrace it with pride. We embrace that business with pride. It becomes a symbol of our significance. You know, we got our kids in every kind of thing that we can have them in, and, and we're doing all that we can. Our calendar's full, and we're just overwhelmed. I mean, it's a sense of pride for us. Amazingly, not being uh, busy uh, equals not mattering. You know, we do it. We post it on Facebook. We, we post it on Snapchat. We, smoke, uh, we post it on Twitter, and, and we talk about it. We matter. You know, our response, uh, a few years ago, I, I stand at the door every Sunday and kind of just uh, stand there and greet people and ask people, how are you doing? And, and for years, everybody would say, I'm fine. Lying or not, you'd say it. You know, you probably just beat each other up coming to church verbally, but yeah, you get to the door and you're fine. Uh, I'm fine. Uh, today, it's been replaced by, if you ask somebody how they're doing, they'll say, whew, I'm busy. I'm busy. It's kind of like, it, it's a, it's a, a badge of honor, and if you're really busy, you might say, I'm crazy busy, and it's like, whoo, I read an article this week that says being lazy, or being lazy, being busy is sickness, so you messed me up, you got me all, my mind's thinking all kinds of stuff, <laughs> man, I got to start over, <laughs> that really wasn't your fault, it's just how I was born, it's how I was born. Uh, but anyway, I read an article this week that says being busy is a sickness because it takes a physical, mental, and spiritual toil on us. May, uh, you know, we say we're busy like it's a millstone around our neck, like we just dread it. But if we're honest with ourselves, we wear it like more like a badge of honor. Man, I'm busy. Because to be busy means that you're needed. To be busy means you have responsibility. To be needed means, you, or to be busy means you are worthy. And you are the kind of person who gets things done. And that's why no one responds to, how are you doing today? And they, no one responds by saying, I'm lazy. An old Southern Baptist preacher once said, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And that's just about the truth. That's why we're going to, uh, look at how to stay calm when we are busy, under pressure and on the go. How do we stay calm when we're so busy? And I got to tell you, in our culture, in our society, in Spotsylvania County, in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and the surrounding area, we are busy. We are busy people. Psalms 23.2, uh, at face value, is a great picture of calmness. <clears throat> it says, he makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Now, if we were sheep, we would understand uh, this because that is the perfect picture of paradise for a sheep. He's referring to rest <clears throat> and refreshment. This is God's way for us to slow down. God wants you to, you and I to live a whole balanced and complete life. He, you know, we weren't created to live like we live. God did not create you and I to be so busy that we're stressed out, maxed out, and worn out at the end of the day. God did not crea create us to live that way. Our body cannot handle that. Our mind and our spirits can't handle that kind of busyness because God didn't create us that way. When he knit us together in our mother's womb, he knit us together to live a balanced, whole, and healthy life. But we've gotten ourselves so busy and so wrapped up 
and doing all that we do and getting our kids involved in everything that comes down the pike that I'm afraid we're raising a generation of kids that all they know how to do is live a busy life. You know, because we got them so busy. And when they grow up, what will they be? Busy. You know, we, we, we kind of just think that that's the way life is, but God didn't create us to live that way. He wants us to slow down. And because we're not sheep, though, most of us relate to uh, uh, Marcia Hornick's paraphrase of Psalms 23 uh, compared to God's original version. Here's how it goes. The clock is my dictator. I shall not rest. It makes me lie down only when I am exhausted. It leads me to deep depression. It hounds my soul. Talking about the clock. It leads me in circles of frenzy for activity's sake. Even though I run frantically from task to task, I will never get it all done for my ideal is with me. Deadlines and my need for approval, they drive me. They demand performance from me beyond the limits of my schedule. They anoint my head with migraines. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Thanks for messing me up, Mark. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. This is a, whew, I got a one. Uh, <laughs> they anoint my head with migraines. My inbox overflows. Surely fatigue and time pressure shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the bonds of frustration forever. And that's how many of us live. You know, that's... Uh, and if that's how you live, if that describes you, I want to give you a plan today for staying calm when you are busy. Staying calm God's way. Uh, I want to pray, though, first, okay? Can I do that? Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask right now, God, that you would clear my mind of distractions, that God, your Holy Spirit, would move in a mighty way in my life and in the lives of those of us that are gathered here today. Lord, for those that are watching and worshiping with us online today, Father, I need clarity of your spirit, Lord, and I need your spirit to guide and direct me through this message, Lord. And so I just pray, Lord, that right now, Lord, that you would just do something in each of our lives, uh, Lord, so that we could live the kind of life that you want us to live. And Lord, uh, I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll talk about God's way to calm, and I'm going to use the letters uh, from calm to create uh, a message, a plan for staying calm when you're way too busy. First of all, create some margin in your life. Create some margin in your life. Ephesians 5.16 says, use your time well, for these are evil days. Now, I don't know when you preach a message and you do a message for church and you know that you're, that you're going to preach on the next week and, and uh, you begin to think on Sunday afternoon and you begin to pray and say, Lord, you know, kind of what... Uh, uh, what do you want us to speak on? I kind of thought going into the week I was going to talk about children and, and, and how to stay calm when the children are driving you crazy. And uh, it was just like the Lord switched that gear on me about Tuesday, and I began to think about busy. And probably, probably even because I'm th thinking about busy, this is probably the busiest week I've had in, in a, a long, long time. Uh, and so I had to learn to stay calm in busyness. But you know, as I thought about busy all week, and I read a lot about busy, and the Bible says the times are evil, and really, I think that that busyness uh, can be a sort of kind of an evil thing in our lives. We don't, we don't, we kind of look at it, and we and we kind of like, uh, you know, if it's not a badge of honor, it's something that maybe weighs us down. But I just think busyness is really creating uh, a lukewarm Christians. I mean, we're just so busy. 
that we don't have time for God and the things of God. And, you know, we might add him to our checklist and show up on a Sunday morning. Uh, but outside that, we're too busy to add God to anything else in our lives. And the Bible says, use your time well, for these are evil days. And they are evil days more than in, in the sense of business. But when life is busy, it, it, it's difficult to use your time well. And that's why we need to create some margin in our life. Now, what is margin? Margin is breathing room, where you just got some room in your life to breathe. Margin is a little reserve that you're not using up, that you just have something left at the end of the day. You're not stretched to the limit. You're not going from one meeting uh, to another meeting, from one practice to another practice to another practice, or from one recital to the next recital, or, or to the next dance lesson, or to the next meeting, or the next church activity, with no space in between. Margin is having a little space there. Margin is the space between my load, my schedule, and my limit. The truth is that most of us are far more overloaded than we can handle, and there's no margin for error in our lives. Dr. Richard Swenson says, uh, as a doctor, he says this. It's kind of a long uh, little thing I put in here, but it's kind of a neat thing. He says, the conditions of modern-day living uh, devour margin. It says, he says, if you're homeless, we direct you to a shelter. If you're penniless, we offer you food stamps. If you're breathless, we connect you to oxygen. oxygen. But if you're marginless, we give you more, one more thing to do. Marginless is being 30 minutes late to a doctor's office, to the doctor's office because you were 20 minutes late getting out of the hairdresser, because you were 10 minutes late dropping the children off at school, because the, gar the car ran out of gas two blocks from the gas station, and you forgot your purse. That's marginless. Margin, he says, on the other hand, is having breath at the top of the staircase, money at the end of the month, and sanity left over at the end of adolescence. Marginless is the crying baby and the phone ringing at the same time. Margin is grandma taking the baby for the afternoon. Marginless is being asked to carry a load five pounds heavier than you can lift. Margin is having a friend carry half the burden. Marginless is having, not having time to finish the book you're reading on stress. Margin is having the time to read the book twice. Marginless is fatigue. Margin is energy. Marginless is red ink. Margin is black ink. Marginless is our culture. Marginless is counterculture, living some, leaving some space in your life and schedule. Marginless is reality. Margin is remedy. Marginless is a disease of our decade, and margin is the cure. Marginless is too busy. Marginless is too busy. And I dare say that many of us in this room or watching online, we're just far too busy. And we've got our calendars packed with things to do. And I want to add to that list that margin brings calm. When we have a little margin in our life, it brings calm. It brings calm to our lives. It brings calm to our family. It brings calm to our children. And we just have a sense of peace. So I want you to pull out your calendar, not now, but you can if you want, and ask yourself, what do you need to do this week? What's the most important thing? What is the priorities for you this week? Now, the list should be short. You know, the list should be something like this. Eat. Now, you know that's the top of my list, right? Eat. <laughs> Got to eat to stay alive. Got to eat to die. <laughs> eat, sleep, and grow spiritually. Perform your job well and love your family. 
That is really what the top of our list should look like. In my opinion, if we're believers in Jesus Christ, we should eat well, we should sleep well, we should grow spiritually, we should perform our jobs well, and we should love our families. These aren't necessarily easy things to do, but they should be at the top of our list. You need to take control of your calendar. You need to be the one in charge of it because if you don't, someone else will take control of it for you. If you're not making your schedule, other people will demand it and they will do it for you. Okay, so create some margin in your life. Allow time for rest. Allow some time for rest. Sheep don't like to rest. And, and, and they don't like to lie down. And again, in Psalms 23:2, it says, he makes me lie down. Did you catch that? He makes me lie down, the Bible says. This is the shepherd because sheep don't like to rest and sheep don't like to lie down. The Bible says the shepherd makes me lie down. He makes the sheep lie down. And that to me sounds like he forces them to lie down. That the shepherd, it's like forcing you to go to your room and get some rest. Has God ever had to make you lie down? You know, I would rather lay down on my own than have God force me to lay down. You see, if you don't slow down, sometimes God will just slow you down. He will help you lie down and rest because he cares about you. You matter to him. He is absolutely crazy about you. He is so in love with you that he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for you to shed blood on the cross so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins. He is crazy about us, and he doesn't want us to die prematurely. He wants us to live a full and abundant life. Psalms 127.2 says, It is in vain that you rise up early. And my goodness, you guys rise up early. I mean, I had to go to the visit. I had to wake up at 4:30 the other morning. I didn't even know there was 4:30 in one, two 4:30s in one day. Honestly, I had to make a hospital visit at five o'clock, and I said, "My goodness!" And I thought I looked at the traffic on 95, and I'm thinking, "My goodness, what in the world's going on?" You guys get up early, and the Bible says it is in vain that you rise up early and go uh, late to rest. Our learning center is open from like 5 a.m. to 7.30. And I said to him one day, man, why is it open so long? Because that's how long parents work. They don't get home till 7.30 and they go at 5 o'clock. And the Bible says it is vain that you rise up early. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sheep. You see, the sign that you are God's beloved is that you're able to rest. That when you lay down at night, you're able to go to sleep and sleep all night. You see, it's not your busyness, it's not your busyness, it's not your busyness in the church or otherwise that makes us close to God. It's not that that makes us close to God. But your ability to rest in the midst of a restless culture. You see, many times our inability to rest and sleep comes from the myth that I can't, I don't have time to rest. I can only sleep a certain number of hours a day because I got to keep things together. It's my responsibility. I got to take care of my family. I got to put food on the table. I got to hold everything together in my family. If I don't do it, it's all going to fall apart. And so I got to work myself silly. I got to stay awake all the time. I don't have time for rest. And I want to give you some good news this morning. When you're asleep, God's still in control. God's still in control. 
We think we're in control, but God is still in control. He's still holding everything together. And we need to learn that while we're all uh, uh, resting or sleeping, God's still got it. You know, a lack of sleep and rest doesn't just lead to physical problems. It quickly makes us cynical. And that ruins our spiritual life and it ruins our relationships with other people. It's no good burning the candle at both ends. Both ends of the deal. I'm telling you, busyness hinders our time with God. It robs us of our joy, and it leads to uh, it leads uh, it ends our life prematurely. Someone once says, "Sometimes the most holy thing you can do is just take a nap." And I got to tell you this: I will give you permission. Next Sunday, if you wake up and you can hardly have to drag your sorry hind in <laughs> out of bed. If you got to do that, stay home and take a nap. It might be the most spiritual thing you can do. Just go online, send your tithe in. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of kidding. Anyway, but really, some of, the, some of the, the best thing you can do for your spiritual life is take a nap. Get some rest. Go to sleep. And I think the Bible backs that up in Exodus. It says, you have six days in which to do your work, but the seventh day is to be your day of rest dedicated to God. I mean, God says that one day off every week is the rule. Now, you know, the Bible doesn't have many rules since Jesus came along, but we have 10 of them. There's 10 big rules. And the fourth one, commandment is this. It's in the big 10. It's so important that God put it up there. It's right up there with don't commit adultery and don't murder. Honor the Sabbath. Keep the Sabbath holy. It's to be a day off dedicated to God. That's how serious God takes this. And we are absolutely, we think, well, I don't kill anybody. I don't envy my neighbor's wife. I don't, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I don't do any of those things. I don't commit murder. But many of us are, are not honoring the Sabbath. We're working every day of our life. Every seventh day, the Bible says that you and I are to take the day off. And if you're not taking the day off, then you're breaking one of the Ten Commandments. Now, that's not me saying it. That's what the Bible says. Believe it or not, God says do it. The Bible calls it the Sabbath. The Sabbath means it's a day of rest. Jesus himself said the Sabbath was made to benefit man. God knew and that's what takes me right back to the beginning of the sermon today to say to you, God did not create us to work ourselves silly and be so busy we don't have time to breathe. The Bible says the Sabbath was made for our benefit. God knew, just that he just knew, that we could get our so selves so wound up that he had to say to us, take a break, take a Sabbath. That's his deal. And it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter which day of the week it is. Sunday is, is, is not gay and not Sabbath. It's a work day. You know, we, we go from here, we go out to lunch, and we have a small group come to our house. We have about 10, 20-year-olds uh, come to our house every Sunday afternoon. It's a work day for us. It's just that's what we do. It's our small group. You got to feed them, they'll come. Uh, <laughs> but don't use your Sabbath to catch up on work that you haven't finished. This past Tuesday, Gay and I went kayaking. That's a great sport now. Gay wants to do anything that has any adventure to it. Gay's going to do it, you know? I mean, she says, we're going kayaking. I say, okay, here we go. We go kayaking. <laughs> we go kayaking. 
I, I mean, it was fun. It was okay. She humiliated me. She said, now, buddy, don't lean too far because you're so fat that the boat's going to take on water. <laughs> and she said, another thing she said, if you're listening, yeah, I remind you, she said, I think the weight limit on those are 225 pounds. <laughs> anyway, it was fun. It was fun being, uh, we went from the dock, city dock to the Old Mill Park. And I had to paddle both ways. They said one way you have to paddle, the next way you can rest. But anyway, <laughs> rest your body. Get some rest. Catch up on your sleep. Our best requires sleep and rest. Learn what you're worth. Learn where your worth comes from. Talking about Gabe being adventurous, I can't get this out of my mind. I said it last night. We're going to Niagara Falls this week on vacation, and she just found out, guess this, she just found out that there's a zip line across that bad boy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just hope it's so expensive we can't afford it. <laughs> but anyway, learn where your worth comes from. The reason most people stay busy and love work is because we confuse our work with our worth. We think the harder we work, the more money we make, the, the more we're worth. We think that if we work a whole lot, achieve a whole lot, fill our counter with a lot, then we're worth a lot. I mean, I know that because I'd tell you one thing. When I first got here at Salem Fields Community Church, I worked day and night, man. I, you know, I, I said, man, I'm going to do everything I can to reach people for Christ. And really what I was doing was doing everything I can to feel like I was worth something. That if, this, if we were reaching lost people and the church was growing and we were doing all this, then, man, you are worth something, big boy. I was littler then, but. So I know how that we can find our worth from work. The Bible doesn't teach that. It says our worth is regardless of how busy we are. You see, many of us grew up, many of you grew up with, with a little phrase in your mind that says this, you're nobody. There are many of you that are sitting out there today that you grew up with that little phrase in your mind that you are nobody. Maybe a teacher told you that you are a nobody. Maybe a former friend told you that you're a nobody. Maybe, maybe a brother or sister told you you're a nobody. Maybe your dad or maybe your mom said to you that you're never going to amount to much, that you're worthless. And the real reason that we work and the real reason we stay busy is we say to ourselves, I will show them. I'll accomplish this, I'll do this, and I'll work myself silly, and I'll build this little kingdom so when my mom or my dad or my brother or my sister or whoever put that little bug in your ear sees you, they say, wow, he is making his way around. She is doing a great job. I'll prove my worth by my accomplishments, by my children, or by my achievements, or by my children's accomplishments. I really believe that half of what we do with our children, and we see them, you know, we post on Facebook, and I think we, that's okay. I'm just saying I think half of that says, wow, look at my child. I must be okay because my child can do this. They can lift 400 pounds at seven years old. You know, they scored eight goals at soccer. And I think a lot of that is to say, look at me. And I'm not meaning that we shouldn't do that with our children, but I think sometimes we do that. And you will never accomplish enough to feel satisfied. Many years later, you're still hearing that little voice. I mean, you're still hearing it. Every now and then, click, the recorder comes on, and you hear it. You're a nobody. You'll never amount to anything. And you know what you'll do? You'll say, well, I'll show them. I'll show them. And we keep frantically trying to show them. You've got to prove your value. You've got to prove your significance, your worth, by staying at it.
and you can never slow down. And I tell you, the cure for that is what God says about you. I want you to know this. This, this verse is new to me in the sense of the translation, but James 1.18, it's a great verse. It says, God decided to give us life through the word of truth. Now listen to this. So we might be the most important of all the things he made. That's awesome. Look at your neighbor and tell him, man, you are important. And you're important, folks, because God created you. God created you. Tell your husband. Go ahead. <laughs> what God says is you matter more to him than the rest of creation. God didn't create anything more valuable than you. Even though we treat dogs like kids, you're still more valuable. You're still more important. You're the most valuable creation that God created. You can relax and stay calm. You don't have to prove your worth. If you were, if you were made by God, then you're worth something. You don't need the approval of other people, but you do need to realize, realize how valuable you are to God. Last, make spending time with Jesus your highest priority every day. Make spending time with Jesus your highest priority every day. I'm telling you, if you're not spending time with Jesus every day, then your life is out of balance. It's out of whack. If you say, I'm too busy to spend 10 minutes in the Bible every morning and saying a prayer every morning, not up driving up the road. I'm talking about your, you take time every day to spend time with God every day, and it's the most important part of your day. And, you, and if you'll keep doing that, if you say, well, it's not the most important part of my day, if you'll keep doing that, one day you'll say, wow, that's the most important part of my day. Is spending time with God every day. That's the most important practice you can invest your time in is spending time with Jesus, praying, meditating, thinking, reading your Bible, seeking to learn from him. Bill Hybels wrote a whole book on too busy not to pray. Too busy not to pray. We're too busy not to pray. If you make that your top priority every day, you'll gain the right perspective on every situation in your life which will help you manage your time as God intends. As you stay close to Jesus, then you'll experience God's peace. You know, there's three kinds of fatigue. There's physical fatigue, tired muscles. That, I'm not going where I went last night before I got in trouble. Uh, just shut up. I'm not doing it. Uh, that can be replenished very quickly. There's emotional fatigue, tired emotions and feelings. There's spiritual fatigue, and that's the most serious of all. It's a dry spirit. This is the deepest. And you need, you need more than, you still need, but you need more than margin or rest or worth. You need a relationship with God. And if you have a relationship with God, you need to take the time necessary to nurture that relationship. It's like any other relationship. If you don't nurture that relationship, it'll soon be not a relationship. And when you have a relationship with Christ and you spend time with him every day, he will help you set the pace of your life. And here's another paraphrase of Psalms 23. The Bible says, or the paraphrase says, the Lord is my pace setter. I shall not rush. He makes me stop and rest at intervals. He provides me with images of stillness to restore my serenity. He leads me in the way of efficiency to calmness of mind. And this guidance is peace. Even though I have a great many things to accomplish this day, I will not fret for his presence is here. His timeliness, his all-importance 
will keep me in balance. He prepares refreshment and renewal in the midst of my activity, anointing my head with oils of tranquility. My cup of, of joyous energy overflows. Surely harmony and effectiveness shall be the fruits of my hours, for I shall walk in the pace of my Lord and dwell in heaven forever. Big difference than the first paraphrase. You see, I believe we need a pace setter in our life. We need a focus, we need a center, we need a pace setter in our life to set the pace of our life. That's why it's important every day to spend time with Jesus every day, every day. You see, when you live for God and you spend time with Jesus every day, it's not only the right way, it's the healthy way. It's the whole way, it's the balanced way, it's the God way of life. And it's the best way you can stay calm when you're busy. And I gotta say to you folks, if you're not spending every day with a quiet time with God, you're missing out on the best time of the day. You're missing out on the best time of the day. Someone asked Jerry Falwell once, we were in a meeting with Jerry Falwell, and, uh, and he said, somebody said, uh, uh, how did you win the city for Christ? You know that when Jerry Falwell was alive, uh, he prayed every day, every day, he climbed the top of the mountain there, Liberty Mountain, I guess they call it now, they got a ski slope there now or something, but he climbed the top of that mountain every day as a young man. He said this, and he said pray, he prayed every day. Every day he prayed that God would give him the city of Lynchburg. And every day he'd go and pray. And when he, when he was in this meeting with us, he says the population of Lynchburg is 60,000 people and the membership at Liberty, whatever, the, uh, Thomas Road, is 63,000 people. So he must have got some in the county. I'm just saying, and if somebody said, well, how do you do that? How do you get up every day and do that? He said, I go to bed on time. He said, I don't stay up and watch the evening news so I can hear the, he said, I'm only hear the evening news. I can listen to it the next morning because it doesn't change much. You see, he made it priority in his life. And however you feel about Jerry Falwell, he, made an, he has made a huge impact on the city of Lynchburg in our world for God. And he, and he did that because he made time every day, every day. Matthew 11, 28 and 29 from the message paraphrase says this, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? You know what Jesus says? Come to me, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'm talking about you'll recover the life that God meant for you. you many of us are not living that life. He says, I'll show you how to take a real rest, rest for your soul. He said, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. And see, so you watch how he does it by reading about how he does it in his word. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. He says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Breathe. And when you do come to him in your life, your life may look a little bit like a child. You remember those days as a child? You know, the first few years of my life were, were chaotic and not so pleasant. But we, uh, later on, when things got a little more pleasant, we moved to a little farm. I'll never forget that little farm. It had sheep on it, as a matter of fact. Just thought about that. And there was big open fields. And I can remember as a child just getting out in that field and walking over those hills in the woods. Uh, you remember those vines that hang from the tree? You, ever, you remember seeing those? I mean, I was little enough then. If I swung on one now, I'd kill myself. But 
as a child, I'd swing on those grapevines. And I'd walk through and I'd pick those wild berries, you know, the ones that you thought were ink and you'd squash them in your fingers. You know what I'm talking about? I'd talk to sheep. I guess that's why I'm dumb. <laughs> talk to sheep. I'm not dumb, I don't think. But anyway, I mean, it just, it was carefree. Most every day of my life was carefree. It was like a child. And I really think that that's what God has for us. He said, unless we become like a little child, we will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, I, I, the little formulas we've been using, I've been thinking about this, and I'm going to play a video right now in just a minute, but the formula is God plus you equals this.
felt good, didn't it? And I really believe that's what God, how God created us to live life. Yeah, I realize we've got to work and we've got to do the things we need to do, but I think we've got it way out of balance. And I think when we create a little margin in our life and we allow some time for some rest and some fun, when we, you know, when we, uh, what's the next word? Allow time. When we learn where our worth comes from and we make spending time with God a priority every day. I think we can have those moments in our life. I think we'll have those childlike moments in our life. And I believe that's what God wants from us. And I believe that's what God says when you come to me and get away with me. You'll recover that life. You'll recover that life. You know, and I know a lot of us grew up, a lot of stuff. But you know, when we found Jesus, he wants to do a whole new thing in our life. So let's stand and pray together. Can we do that? We're going to worship. Father, we thank you for your presence here today. We thank you, God, that, that you fight for us, Lord, and that you fought for us on the cross and you gave your life for us so that, Lord, that we could enjoy a childlike life, become like little children. So, Lord, I pray today for every person here online worshiping as well, Lord. I pray to God that you would just help us to recapture just recapture those moments of childlikeness, even in the midst of the world we live in today, Lord. We can get up early and we can enjoy our time with you and go to bed at night and sleep and know that we are worth something, knowing that, God, that you are with us, that you won't leave us nor forsake us, that, God, you will be with us. If we live by the way you teach us to live in your word, Father, it's possible to live at peace. So, Father, I pray for every person here today. I pray your Holy Spirit would minister to us right now. It all begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't have a relationship with him right now, you can invite him into your life. You can invite Jesus in. You can ask him to forgive you of your sins. And he will. You can ask him to be your savior, and he will. Father, I thank you for these precious moments. In your name we pray, amen. We're going to worship together. Maybe you'd just like to come and pray this morning. You know this? You can come up here and pray anytime. But maybe during this worship song, you just would like to come up and pray and just make a commitment to God. You know, God, I'm going to change the way I'm living my life. I'm not going to be so busy. And maybe you can just come and pray however you want to. But let's stay together and worship together until this is over. Okay? Thank you. Despite all
Before that I 
so much for your presence here this morning. God, we have been changed. We cannot come into your presence without being changed. And so, Lord, I pray that we will be reminded this week to just stay calm, to remember to have the wonder of a little child. And so, Father, thank you for each person here, each person online. And God, what, may we go in your spirit. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here. Remember this message as you go into your busy schedules this week. Love you guys. Thank you.